Hi guys, you're welcome to WTSWGS. What they say versus what God says. I am Mafeng Kim. Today we have an amazing topic: building a life of love. Building a life of love. So, what is love truly, and what constitutes a life of love? In the words of my dear pastor, which I find very apt, love is not a feeling. It is the nature of God in us that recognizes the true value of others, irrespective of their flaws and/or errors. It is that spiritual law that propelled God to sacrifice His only Son for us. Love sees the true value of a person, that is. His value in the eyes of God, not an assessment of you know physical appearance or status, intellect or beauty. Love appreciates true value. A week ago, the world celebrated Saint Valentine's Day. I mean, each to his own means of celebration, and for some people, it's the only day set aside to show love to loved ones or what they believe is love. But what does the Bible say about this? Romans thirteen eighteen says, "Owe no man anything, except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law." And you know why he says to owe it to men, because it's a debt to be paid consistently. This debt is never fully paid till the day you leave this earth. To those around you, not just those you're either related to or emotionally attached to. And you don't have to wait to feel like it. It's a decision. It's a commitment. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan when someone asked, "Who is my neighbor?" It's the same way. Love everyone you come across. Let the love of Christ constrain you. Let it restrain you from certain kinds of thoughts, certain kinds of actions, certain kinds of conducts, both online and offline. That kind of love is a force. It's beyond a feeling or a mere emotion. It's deliberate. It's a deliberate effort brought to life. When you love, you give that spiritual force liberation to function through you, not depending on how your emotions lead, but according to the word of God. First Corinthians sixteen fourteen says, "Let all things be done in love, all things." You know, we may try to defend our lack of love towards those around us by saying stuff like,、uh, "Like keep the Bible aside and face facts," <laughs> but that's dangerous. Never keep the Bible aside, because facts do not always represent truth. Love is truth, as found in God's word. God, when He said to do all things in love, knew that some people will want to get on the very last of your nerves. But he didn't change his mind about the instruction. He said, "Let all things be done in love." Go read the entirety of First Corinthians thirteen, looking at love, and you will gain a deeper context on this. He says, "The greatest is love. Love is more of a lifestyle than a one-off affair. It's not something you do once a year." And the fact is, we all have a lot of growing to do as we continue maturing in God's love. It takes time. It takes growth. So, how do you build a life of real, deep love?
You spend the rest of your life trying to live it out. That's the answer to this. But let's look at some steps to get you, you know, on the starting block. Five things you can do that will help you on your road to becoming a person of love. Number one, building a life of love begins with having a relationship with the one who himself is love. The entire passage found in 1 John 4 from verse 7 down to verse 21 speaks of God's loving nature. For God, love is not merely an attribute, it's part of his makeup, his essence, his person. 1 John 4, 8 says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is how seriously it is. And it is not the first time the Bible says it. He says it's further down. So this tells you that for anyone to know love, the person has to know God, to be one with him. How? By following his plan for salvation in Christ, by giving one's life to Christ. For one to be able to love another person successfully, that person has to know and love God. Whether it's loving others as a friend or as a sibling or as a relative, as a lover, as a spouse, loving God is a prerequisite to knowing how to properly love others. But this is the only the first step because you may be wondering, so how come I'm saved, but I still find it difficult to consistently walk in love with others? Or you know someone in that dilemma. That's where number two comes in. Fellowship with the word of God like never before. The word of God and God himself are one. So memorize and meditate on what God says about love. God's word is filled with truths, principles on how to live a life of love and become a loving person. The problem is when you're in a situation where you're tempted to be unloving, your Bible is usually at home on your shelf or on your bedside table. That's why you need to be one with scripture, memorize and meditate on scripture so that God can bring scriptures to your mind when you need them the most. Know the word of God for yourself. One way you can achieve this is by studying your Bible and apocalypses daily. You can also join in the Bible study plan in the apocalypses as it's not too late to join. You can always catch up, right? Ephesians 5 2 says, keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give us everything of himself. Love like that. Keep company with Christ through the word, as he is the word made flesh, and he will teach you all you need to know. Number three is fellowship with the Spirit of God in worship and in prayer. And very soon you'll realize that the Spirit of God will begin to break down your previously wayward tendencies, little by little, one after the other, sometimes multiple times. Luke 9.29 says, and he prayed, as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. This verse refers to what is known as the transfiguration of Jesus that happened in the presence of his disciples. His countenance changed. He became different physically, not just spiritually. Now, changing us as we pray may not happen as drastically as it does in this circumstance, but change happens nonetheless. The Spirit of God is in us to guide us, to lead us. 
in the place of prayer, the realities of God's word are made real to our spirit. It is spirit to spirit interaction. In the place of prayer, we're made more yielded to these leadings, more yielded to his voice and his nudgings. He might lead you to apologize, to be nicer to some people, to reach out, to show more grace to others, to help out more. It could be anything as long as he thinks you need it. It could even be a leading to show more love and grace to yourself. Surprise, right? So number four, practice love. This one is important because after all your learning, you have to practice what you learn for it to actually work. Love is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it develops. And at times it will be uncomfortable but that's why it is exercise. It's called the labor of love. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. It's a real thing, this labor. It might involve any number of things, such as praying for those who you have difficulty loving, forgiving those you have problems forgiving, Apologizing first, even though the fault is not obviously yours. Reaching out to some out-of-touch friends and some other things. He'll lead you. But it's up to you to obey. If you want to become a truly loving person, then you have to intentionally do some things that may seem awkward at first. But the more you practice, the more love becomes a true nature to you and... You become a genuinely loving person. Yes, God has imparted a spirit of love to you. But to make it real, obvious, a vital reality, you have to actually practice it. Learn how mature love acts and responds. Not dependent on emotions, but based on the word. 1 Corinthians 13, as I mentioned earlier, is a good place to start. Personal change always begins with a change in one's perspective. You need to get God's perspective on what love is really like because the world knows nothing about real deep love. And you gain that perspective by getting into God's word. You can start your day with a daily reminder to love. The first 10 minutes of your day, I realize, sets the mood for the rest of the day. It sets the tone. Resolve to get up in the morning and say, God help me to remember that the most important thing is loving you and loving others. Help me to remember to do all things in love. Hallelujah. You will see a change. Number five, keep company with loving people. Proverbs 22, 24 to 25 say, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. It basically means do not keep company with an angry man or you will learn his ways. Bam. His energy ambience, that anger that he carries around like a shield, it will rub off on you. It's the same with a lot of other emotions, including love. So get support from other loving people. If you're just sitting in your room and reading a book, then you're not going to learn how to love really fast. You need to truly learn to love in connection to others, in the context of, you know, community. That's one of the reasons why a small group is so important. It puts you in a situation where you can grow, 
where they test that your love and you have to assert that love over and over and over. And it helps because you're looking at godly love modeled for you as you practice serving others in unselfish and loving ways. Whether it's in church or it's in cell meeting, it just helps because you'll never really learn to love by sitting in solitude. You learn love in a relationship with God and in a relationship with those around you. So remember that point about practicing love like a muscle. It also comes in here. Remember, God does not ask you to live a life of love as a punishment. His will for us is to live a life of love as it is a result of the love that he himself has for us. Remember his word said that while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. He has made that kind of love possible in us as well through grace. Hallelujah. So say after me, I walk in love. I manifest the love of God. In my interaction with others, I am led by the love of God. I show love. I live love. I am love. Glory to God. We've come to the end of today's episode. If you were blessed by this message, don't forget to leave a comment in the comment section. Please reach out to us at the email in the description box at wtswgs at gmail.com. Come and we'll get a copy of Apocalypsis to you for free. You can follow the previous episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Radio Public, Anchor, Apple Podcast, or Google Podcast. Subscribe to the channel, guys. Like, like, like it. Leave a comment and forward the link on all your social media handles. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.